Hello, knowledge seekers. In this episode of 20 Minute Books, we're delving into the autobiography of Malcolm X, a seminal work that offers a gripping and personal account of Malcolm X's transformation from a school dropout and criminal to a fervent human rights activist. This autobiography lays bare the journey of a curious and evolving mind dedicated to aiding African Americans in their struggle for identity and liberation from oppression, advocating for justice, by any means necessary. Malcolm X, a pivotal figure in the history of African American rights, left an indelible mark on society, celebrated annually on May 19th in cities such as Berkeley, California, where Malcolm X Day sees official closures of offices and schools in his honor. His life and work have inspired countless books and films, with notable actors like Morgan Freeman and Denzel Washington portraying him on screen. The autobiography, ghostwritten by Alex Haley, a Pulitzer Prize and National Book Award-winning author known for Roots, the saga of an American family, emerged from extensive interviews with Malcolm X, Haley's own credentials as a senior editor of Reader's Digest, a respected journalist, and a groundbreaking interviewer, bring an additional layer of depth and insight to this collaboration. This book is essential reading for human rights activists, historians, and anyone interested in the civil rights movement, offering a profound look into the life of one of its most enigmatic and influential figures. Join us as we explore the life, philosophy, and legacy of Malcolm X, a man who stood fearlessly in pursuit of justice and equality. The Autobiography of Malcolm X, as told to Alex Haley. Introduction, Journey into the Heart of Malcolm X, Understanding an Icon. Delve into the life of Malcolm X, a figure whose name echoes alongside Martin Luther King Jr. in the annals of America's civil rights movement. While King's legacy is often captured in his dream speech and his untimely death, the swath Malcolm X cut through history is less familiar to many. This narrative invites you to explore the essence of Malcolm X from his own vantage point, his origins, his transformative years with the Nation of Islam, up to his voyages across the Middle East and Africa. These elements aren't just biographical, they're the intricate pieces shaping one of the most pivotal African-American leaders of the 20th century. In this exploration, you'll uncover the significance behind the enigmatic X and the journey that led Malcolm to embrace it. You'll traverse the transformative period following the assassination of John F. Kennedy, a time when Malcolm X's worldview and alliances underwent significant shifts. Moreover, you'll understand why he distanced himself from the Nation of Islam, an organization that had been central to his identity and public persona. A fair warning, Malcolm X's story is unvarnished and raw, punctuated with language and experiences that may shock but are integral to comprehending the man behind the legend. These words, offensive as they may be, are a truthful echo of the discrimination and challenges Malcolm X faced. They serve not to offend, but to shed light on the pivotal experiences that molded one of the 20th century's most influential Americans into the icon he is today. Part one, the shadows of early loss, the formative years of Malcolm X. 
On a crisp day in May 1925, Malcolm Little, who would later be known as Malcolm X, entered the world, the seventh child in a bustling household. His father, Earl Little, was a fervent Baptist preacher and an ardent supporter of Marcus Garvey's Universal Negro Improvement Association, imparting a sense of pride in black identity from the very beginning. The household buzzed with the energy of eight children under the care of their mother, Louise, whose own backstory was marked by the complexities of race and trauma. Born to a West Indian mother and a white slave master, Louise's light skin often led others to mistake her for a white woman, a societal perception that cast a long shadow over the family. Malcolm, inheriting his mother's fair skin and reddish hair, felt the acute sting of these complexities most keenly, believing that his appearance drew harsher treatment from his mother, a daily reminder of a painful familial past. Despite these tensions, Malcolm enjoyed a particular closeness with his father, accompanying him to union meetings and sharing in a vision for black empowerment. Yet, this shared vision could not shield the family from the brutal realities of racism. One of Malcolm's earliest and most harrowing memories was of their home in Lansing, Michigan, being engulfed in flames, an act of terror by the white supremacist group, the Black Legion. The family narrowly escaped, but the incident foreshadowed darker days to come. Tragedy struck with ruthless precision when Malcolm was just six. His father met a violent end, his life claimed not just by the hands of men, but by the systemic racism that deemed his death an accident. The loss shattered the little family. Louise, now a widow, faced the daunting task of sustaining her family amidst overwhelming grief and financial strain. Her reluctance to seek government aid was eventually overpowered by necessity, but assistance came with a dehumanizing cost. Government officials, embodying the cruelty of the systems they represented, eventually succeeded in dismantling what remained of the family. Louise was committed to a mental hospital, and the children, including young Malcolm, were scattered among foster homes. These early years, marked by loss, discrimination, and the fracturing of his family were not just a backdrop to Malcolm X's life. They were the forge in which his character, convictions, and the fierce determination to challenge and redefine the world around him were shaped. Part 2. From Classroom Challenges to Boston's Breath of Fresh Air The school halls were far from welcoming for young Malcolm. His turbulent academic journey took a particularly sharp turn at 13 when a seemingly harmless prank, planting a tack on his teacher's chair, led to his expulsion and placement in a detention home. This new environment offered him a stark perspective on racial attitudes. He was treated kindly on the surface, but the casual use of derogatory language and dismissive attitudes revealed the deeply ingrained racial prejudices of the time. It was Malcolm's first intimate encounter with white society illustrating a pervasive underestimation of black intellect and humanity. The transition to junior high did little to alleviate these challenges. As one of the few black students, Malcolm strived for acceptance among his peers. He put on the jersey, played the games, but was starkly reminded of his place at social gatherings where racial lines were drawn with unspoken rules 
about interaction. His fleeting victory as class president soon lost its sheen, as Malcolm recognized the tokenism in their choice, a mascot rather than a member. A crushing blow came when he expressed his ambition to become a lawyer, only to be met with the realistic suggestion of carpentry from a teacher. This encounter wasn't just a conversation, it was a curt imposition of limitations based on race. Amid these stifling experiences, a summer trip to Boston extended a lifeline. Invited by his half-sister Ella to Roxbury, Malcolm stepped into a world where black culture thrived unapologetically. The vibrant streets of Boston were a stark contrast to Lansing's confines, a place where black individuals didn't conform to white expectations, but flourished in their authenticity. This glimpse of freedom and dignity sowed seeds of unrest in Malcolm. The racial mockery and confines of Lansing became unbearable. Boston had offered him a vision of what could be, sparking a determination to seek a place where he was not just tolerated, but could truly belong. Part 3. Embracing the Pulse of Black Culture in Roxbury and Harlem A pivotal shift in Malcolm's life occurred when his sister Ella stepped in to become his legal guardian. This move to Roxbury wasn't just a change of scenery. It was an immersion into the vibrant heart of modern black culture. The streets of Roxbury, bustling with life and lessons, became Malcolm's new classroom, offering an education no institution could. In a twist that seemed like fate, Malcolm's guide into this new world was Shorty, a fellow Lansing native. Shorty didn't just show Malcolm the ropes, he introduced him to the underbelly of Roxbury, pulling back the curtain on a life of hustle that Malcolm absorbed with keen interest. Working at the iconic Roseland Ballroom, Malcolm wasn't just shining shoes of legends like Duke Ellington and Count Basie. He was stepping into a larger role in the nightlife ecosystem, bridging the needs of musicians and patrons alike with services that ranged from the illicit to the essential. This period was marked by personal experimentation for Malcolm as well. Delving into the nightlife, dressing sharply, and adopting the style of the time, including the conking of his hair. This process of chemically straightening his hair, a painful ritual aimed at mimicking European hair textures, would later symbolize for Malcolm a period of self-denial, an attempt to conform to white beauty standards that he would grow to reject vehemently. As Malcolm navigated various jobs, his path took him on the rail lines between Boston and New York City, offering him his first tantalizing glimpse of Harlem. The allure of Harlem, with its vibrant nightlife and cultural richness, was irresistible. Captivated by the legendary Savoy nightclub, Malcolm made the decisive move to Harlem in 1942, securing a position as a waiter at Small's Paradise. This wasn't just a job. It was an entry point into the thriving cultural heartbeat of Harlem, a community that celebrated black identity and offered Malcolm a new sense of belonging and purpose. Part 4. From Waiter to Harlem's Underworld, Malcolm X's Descent into Crime Malcolm's tenure at Small's Paradise was not just a job. It was a gateway into the intricate web of Harlem's street life. Quickly, he became adept in the arts of the hustle, learning the delicate balance of trust and caution necessary to navigate the underworld. His education expanded to cover the gamut of illegal activities, from robbery and pimping to gambling. It wasn't an easy school, 
but Malcolm proved a quick study. However, an innocuous error, providing an undercover police officer with the number of a sex worker, cost Malcolm his position at Small's Paradise, pushing him deeper into the very world he had just begun to understand. Faced with limited options, he turned to an acquaintance with the charismatic but dubious title Sammy the Pimp. Sammy introduced Malcolm to the lucrative trade of selling marijuana. Leaning on his connections with musicians from his Roseland and Savoy days, Malcolm found himself a niche. He was raking in a considerable sum for a 17-year-old, but as the police closed in on his operations in Harlem, Malcolm cleverly took his business on the road, touring with bands and keeping them supplied. But the landscape was shifting beneath Malcolm's feet. By 1943, Harlem was gripping tighter in the vice of police scrutiny and racial tension. The temporary closure of the Savoy and the almost explosive response to a black soldier shooting by a white police officer brought an uneasy, charged atmosphere. The ripple effects were immediate. The dwindling influx of white spenders and an increased police presence. To adapt, Malcolm began steering, guiding white patrons through the hidden recesses of Harlem to satisfy their illicit pursuits. These late-night escapades unveiled a stark reality to Malcolm. In the eyes of its white nocturnal visitors, Harlem was merely a playground of vice. Malcolm was keenly aware of the path he found himself on, a path rife with danger and moral compromise. Yet, it was this very journey, teetering on the edge of self-destruction, that would eventually contribute to the forging of one of the most iconic figures in the struggle for civil rights. As Malcolm would soon discover, some roads must be walked to their end before a new direction can be found. Part 5. A Turn of Fate. Malcolm X's Transformative Years Behind Bars. In the early 1940s, Malcolm's life followed a trajectory familiar to many caught in the cycle of the underground economy. Increasing risks for diminishing returns, coupled with a reliance on substances to maintain a veneer of invincibility. A gambling fallout with a notorious figure known as West Indian Archie marked the beginning of a steep descent. Threats on his life propelled Malcolm into a drug-fueled paranoia, prompting a hasty retreat from Harlem back to the familiar streets of Boston. However, the change in location didn't signify a change in lifestyle. Malcolm, along with some old accomplices, including Shorty, embarked on a series of burglaries targeting affluent homes. This spree of criminality was short-lived, and Malcolm's attempt to fence a stolen watch led to his arrest and eventual conviction. Facing the court in 1946, Malcolm's interracial collaboration in crime scandalized the judge, resulting in a harsh 10-year sentence, a punishment that far exceeded the norm for his alleged crimes. Prison might have been the end of Malcolm's story, but instead it served as a crucible for transformation. Here, he encountered Bimbi, an older inmate whose respectability derived from eloquence and intellect rather than physical intimidation or criminal reputation. Inspired by Bimbi's example, Malcolm immersed himself in the prison library, devouring books on a wide array of subjects. His insatiable quest for knowledge led to late-night reading sessions which, while enlightening, adversely affected his vision. During this period of intense self-education, Malcolm was introduced to the Nation of Islam by his brothers. This introduction marked a pivotal moment in Malcolm's life. 
the teachings of the nation, emphasizing the restoration of the black man's lost identity and dignity, resonated deeply with him. For the first time, Malcolm engaged in religious practice, finding solace and purpose in prayer and further readings on the African-American plight. Malcolm's incarceration, initially a consequence of his descent into crime, paradoxically became the setting for a profound personal awakening. Behind bars, he embarked on a journey of intellectual and spiritual discovery, laying the foundation for his emergence as a fervent advocate for civil rights and a figure of profound influence in the discourse on race in America. Part 6. From Incarceration to Inspiration, Malcolm's Commitment to the Nation of Islam. The confines of prison surprisingly offered Malcolm an invaluable platform for honing his rhetorical skills and delving deeper into the philosophies that would define his life's work. Participating in structured debates behind bars, Malcolm seized every opportunity to voice the burgeoning truths he had come to understand, particularly the injustices wrought by colonialism and racism under the guise of Christianity and capitalism. His prowess in debate shone brightly during an exchange where he challenged the conventional portrayal of Jesus, arguing against the widely accepted image of a pale, blonde, blue-eyed figure. This debate marked a significant moment for Malcolm, as he managed to sway opinions towards acknowledging the historical inaccuracies perpetuated by white-centric narratives. Upon his release in 1952, Malcolm was imbued with a fervent dedication to the Nation of Islam, ready to immerse himself entirely in its mission. Moving to Detroit to join his brother Wilfred, he quickly made his intentions clear. To serve and expand the nation. His commitment hadn't gone unnoticed. Even while incarcerated, Malcolm's regular correspondence with Elijah Muhammad, the leader of the nation, had built a foundation of mutual respect and recognition. Shortly after his release, an invitation to dine with Muhammad culminated in Malcolm offering his unwavering support to the movement. Malcolm's early endeavours in Detroit showcased his natural flair for activism and public speaking. He embarked on a determined recruitment drive, gradually building a base of followers moved by his conviction and eloquence. His ability to articulate the teachings of Elijah Muhammad and W.D. Fard resonated deeply with those disillusioned by systemic oppression and yearning for a sense of true identity. The Nation of Islam's narrative, emphasizing the African-American connection to a rich Islamic heritage stripped away by slavery and racism, found a powerful voice in Malcolm. As Malcolm ventured beyond Detroit, invited to speak by other ministers within the nation, his reputation as a compelling orator and devout follower of the movement's principles grew. He was not just speaking, he was inciting a reawakening among African Americans, urging them to reclaim their stolen heritage and dignity. In these early days as a free man, Malcolm X emerged as a formidable activist, setting the stage for his influential role in the civil rights movement. Part 7. Rising as Malcolm X, a voice for the Nation of Islam. Upon embracing his role within the Nation of Islam, Malcolm Little, underwent a profound transformation, shedding his assigned surname for X, a symbol of lost heritage and a rebuke to the legacy of slavery. As Malcolm X, he quickly ascended within the ranks of the organization, demonstrating an unparalleled zeal for spreading its doctrine. 
tasked with the establishment of new temples across the United States, Malcolm set about his mission with fervor. Cities like Boston, Philadelphia, and Atlanta saw the emergence of Nation of Islam congregations, often built from the very footsteps of Christian churches. Malcolm's persuasive oratory invited those disenchanted with what he termed as the white man's religion to explore a faith that spoke directly to their experiences and identity as black Americans. His endeavors brought him back to New York City as the minister of a temple, a return that allowed for a poignant reconciliation with West Indian Archie. The man who once posed a lethal threat had unknowingly set Malcolm on a path that would save his life, steering him away from the destructive cycle of Harlem's underworld. The late 1950s marked a turning point for the nation of Islam's visibility in America, driven in part by a critical incident involving a member known as Brother Hinton. When Hinton fell victim to a brutal police altercation in Harlem, Malcolm X mobilized a decisive response, leading a delegation to the police station to demand justice. The incident, which concluded with Hinton's hospitalization, and subsequent successful lawsuit against New York City spotlighted the ferocity of police brutality and underscored the nation of Islam's commitment to protecting its followers. This high-profile case caught the attention of the media, casting the nation of Islam and Malcolm X into the national spotlight. Television reports and newspaper articles chronicled the standoff, elevating the conversation around police violence and racial injustice. Malcolm X, through his advocacy and leadership, had not only affirmed the Nation of Islam's vital role in the fight for civil rights, but had also emerged as a formidable force in his own right, garnering attention and sparking debate well beyond the confines of his community. Part 8. Conflict and Betrayal. Malcolm X's Growing Rift with the Nation of Islam. By the early 1960s, Malcolm X had become the most visible figure in the Nation of Islam leveraging the media's fascination with his dynamic persona to amplify the organization's message. Despite the contentious nature of his rhetoric, Malcolm sought to clarify misconceptions surrounding the nation's ideology. He articulated that its aim was not to champion black supremacy, but to uplift black individuals, imbuing them with a sense of pride and self-worth that had been systematically denied. In addressing his use of the term, the white devil, Malcolm emphasized it was not an incitement of hatred, but a historical critique of the oppression perpetrated by Europeans and Americans against people of color. Through his straightforward commentary, Malcolm posed a critical inquiry. Why should black Americans seek integration with a society that had historically devalued and dehumanized them? Malcolm consistently attributed his teachings to Elijah Muhammad, the leader who had transformed his life. His reverence for Muhammad was unyielding, often deflecting personal attention to ensure the spotlight remained on the nation's figurehead. However, Malcolm's unwavering loyalty would be tested. In 1963, he was confronted with alarming allegations against Elijah Muhammad, paternity suits filed by Muhammad's secretaries. This revelation not only challenged Malcolm's perception of his mentor, but also signaled a profound betrayal of the moral and ethical principles he believed the nation upheld. As Malcolm's public stature grew, so too did tensions within the nation of Islam's leadership. 
Elijah Muhammad and other officials viewed Malcolm's popularity with suspicion and concern, fearing his influence might overshadow the movement's hierarchical structure. The assassination of President John F. Kennedy later that year offered a grim pretext for escalating this internal conflict. Malcolm's remark that the assassination was a case of chickens coming home to roost, a reference to the consequences of America's racial and foreign policies, sparked controversy and further alienated him from the nation's leadership. In response, the Nation of Islam imposed a 90-day gag order on Malcolm, a censure that foreshadowed a deeper schism. In the wake of his suspension, Malcolm faced the most chilling indication of his estrangement, reports from within the nation suggesting a bounty on his life. This period marked a tumultuous turning point for Malcolm X, caught between his commitment to the principles that had reshaped his identity and the growing realization that his path might diverge from the organization that had once been his salvation. Part 9. Malcolm X's Transformational Journey to Mecca, A New Vision of Unity At a critical juncture in his life, Malcolm X found himself at a crossroads, betrayed by the leader he had once revered and threatened by those he had considered brothers. The plotting of his assassination within the Nation of Islam was the final straw, compelling Malcolm to seek solace and clarity far from the tumultuous landscape of American racial politics. Thus, he embarked on a pilgrimage to Mecca, a journey that would profoundly alter his understanding of Islam and humanity. Malcolm's curiosity about the broader spectrum of Islamic practice had been piqued by discussions with those who spoke of true Islam, a version of the faith markedly distinct from Elijah Muhammad's interpretation. Mecca represented not just a spiritual obligation, but an opportunity for Malcolm to immerse himself in the teachings and unity of Islam in its most authentic form. The pilgrimage was nothing short of revelatory for Malcolm. Surrounded by Muslims of every hue, interacting with people who, in America, would have been deemed his racial opposites, he experienced a profound sense of brotherhood and equality. The respect and warmth he received, particularly from those who would have been considered white in the United States, shattered his preconceived notions of race and prejudice. This pivotal experience prompted Malcolm to reflect deeply on his previously held beliefs about race and division. One of the most significant encounters on his journey was with Prince Faisal of Saudi Arabia, who underscored the importance of discerning truth from falsehood and encouraged Malcolm's quest for knowledge. Inspired by the brotherhood he witnessed, Malcolm penned a letter to the U.S. press, sharing his newfound perspective and the necessity of re-evaluating his stance on race relations. Following his transformative experiences in Mecca and Cairo, Malcolm extended his travels to Beirut, Nigeria and Ghana, engaging with college students and political leaders alike. He leveraged these platforms to advocate for global support for African Americans, drawing parallels to the international efforts aimed at aiding black South Africans. Malcolm X's pilgrimage was more than a fulfillment of religious duty. It was a journey of heart and mind that redefined his vision of racial unity and solidarity. It marked the beginning of his quest to build bridges across racial and national lines, enriching his activism with a deeper, more inclusive understanding of human brotherhood. Part 10. A New Vision for Unity, Malcolm X's Renewed Agenda in America 
Upon his return to New York on May 21, 1964, Malcolm X stepped back onto American soil, carrying with him not just the insights from his pilgrimage, but a renewed purpose. Met by the eager press, Malcolm wasted no time sharing the transformative revelations experienced during his travels. Revelations that dramatically reshaped his approach to the fight for racial justice. Malcolm articulated a nuanced understanding of racism, recognizing that not all white individuals were inherently racist, but that the pervasive nature of white supremacy, deeply rooted in so-called Christian society, had sown seeds of division and superiority for generations. This social programming, he argued, was a catalyst for the volatile racial tensions erupting in America's ghettos. Malcolm labeled these marginalized communities as sociological dynamite, underscoring the urgent need for substantive change to avert an inevitable explosion. In response to this imperative, Malcolm embarked on a mission to unify and mobilize towards societal transformation. To formalize his departure from the Nation of Islam and to disseminate his inclusive message, he established Muslim Mosque, Inc. Yet, recognizing the complexity of the challenges ahead, Malcolm founded another entity, the Organization of Afro-American Unity, OAAU. Though the OAAU did not include white members, Malcolm envisioned a role for everyone in the journey toward equality. Reflecting on past interactions, Malcolm recalled a poignant encounter with a white college student eager to contribute to the cause. His previous dismissive response, nothing, came to symbolize a missed opportunity for allyship. In a marked departure from his earlier stance, Malcolm now advocated for proactive engagement, urging white allies to foster anti-racism and anti-violence within their own communities. Malcolm X's evolution from a divisive figure to a unifying force underscored his commitment to justice for all, irrespective of race. His call to action extended beyond African Americans, envisioning a collaborative effort to dismantle systemic racism. The latter part of his journey was characterized by an inclusive approach, emblematic of his belief in the potential for change and unity in the face of deeply entrenched societal divides. Part 11, Reflecting on a Life, Cut Short, The Enduring Legacy of Malcolm X. The ominous cloud of death threats that loomed over Malcolm X infused his every move with a sense of urgency a prophecy shadowed by his family's history of violence, with his father and several uncles meeting violent ends. Malcolm lived with the grim expectation that his life, too, might be claimed either by racial hatred or by vengeance from the Nation of Islam. Yet, he faced this possibility with a stoic acceptance, resolute in his mission, but deeply troubled by the threats extending to his loved ones. The violence Malcolm had long anticipated encroached upon the sanctity of his home on a chilling night in February 1965, when assailants attempted to set his house ablaze. This harrowing incident, however, only foreshadowed the far greater tragedy that awaited. On February 21, 1965, during an organization meeting at the Audubon Ballroom, the specter of death that had haunted Malcolm X materialized. In the presence of his wife, Betty, and their children, three members of the Nation of Islam executed a brazen attack, silencing Malcolm's vibrant voice forever. The chaos of the moment saw Betty shielding their children, 
her subsequent collapse beside her husband, emblematic of the profound grief and loss his assassination precipitated. Aussie Davis, an actor and close friend of Malcolm, poignantly captured the essence of his legacy during the eulogy. He anticipated the misconceptions that might cloud Malcolm's memory, perceptions of him as a figure of hate or violence. Yet, Davis underscored the true nature of Malcolm's life work, free from the acts of violence to which he was linked by association rather than action. Davis offered a corrective to these narratives, highlighting Malcolm X's unwavering commitment to his people's liberation and dignity. To Davis and to many who understood Malcolm's journey, he exemplified the archetype of the resolute and unyielding black man, proud and unwavering in his pursuit of justice. While his life was tragically and prematurely extinguished, the impact of Malcolm X's words and deeds endures, a testament to the complexity of his character and the profound significance of his contribution to the struggle for racial equality. Final summary. Malcolm X's life is a striking illustration of personal evolution against the backdrop of intense societal upheaval. His story is one of profound self-discovery, marked by an unyielding quest for truth amidst a world mired in racial injustice and inequality. From his early days, defined by adversity and misdirection, Malcolm navigated through a tumultuous landscape, constantly questioning, learning, and adapting. His transition from a troubled youth to an iconic figure in the civil rights movement symbolizes the transformative power of conviction and the relentless pursuit of knowledge. Malcolm's pilgrimage to Mecca serves as a pivotal moment of enlightenment, reshaping his perspectives on race, unity, and human dignity. Emerging from the depths of prison to the forefront of a global struggle for freedom, Malcolm X embodied the potential for redemption and change. His life's journey underscores the importance of remaining open to new ideas, confronting one's preconceptions, and dedicating oneself to a cause greater than individual ambition. Malcolm X's legacy is a testament to his multifaceted identity as a thinker, leader, and visionary. His resilience in the face of adversity, commitment to justice, and unwavering belief in the possibility of redemption continue to inspire and challenge us to strive for a more equitable and understanding world. Thank you for joining me today on this journey of learning and discovery as we explored the insights of another thought-provoking book in our growing library of knowledge. If you've enjoyed our time together, please take a moment to follow our podcast, give us a five-star rating, and share 20-minute books with other knowledge seekers. Your support truly means a lot. Don't forget to join me again in the next episode, where we will delve into another enriching book. Until then, happy reading and happy listening.